The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the best bits. This is just the bits. Thank you guys for hanging out with me this weekend. Before we get into it, make sure y'all check out part one, which is with Scuba Steve this weekend. We dived, we dived, we dove, you know, whatever verb it is, into our lives. Talked about some things from our past as well as what's been happening with us lately and Scuba and his kids. Just lots of fun stories over there, so definitely check that out. We're going to kick this one off. Coming in at number seven, Amy felt that she might have been a helicopter parent with her son. He asked to ride his bike to jiu-jitsu practice and She said yes, but she also followed him. So listen to this and let us know what you think. Number seven. Okay, so the question from Amy is, is she a helicopter parent or a responsible parent? Why do you ask this? What happened? Well, so Stevenson has started to want to ride his bike to his practice, like his classes, you know, that he takes for martial arts and stuff. And I want him to have that freedom. Yes, go ride your bike. We live in an area where you could do that. But then at the same time, I follow him in my car. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you gave him freedom, liberty. You're free, child. You you strung along. Yeah. And then there was one point where I was at a red light filming him and he caught me. (laughs) He didn't know that you were following him at all? No, I said, free as a bird. You got this, dude. You got this. Go ahead. And so I followed him, especially to this one busier intersection that I'm worried about. And I, you know, wanted to make sure he did good. And then I went off and I pulled over and kind of hid back behind these bushes to see if he would handle everything within the law. And he (laughs) did. I was so proud of him. (laughs) Okay. I don't think this is helicopter parent at all. Okay. I think it's fine to do this a couple of times to see if he's making good decisions. I think it's fine to do it when he knows you're following him. I think it's fine to do it when he doesn't know you're following him so you can see what decisions he's making. And then eventually, though, if you like what you see, you have to fall off and let him do what you told him he was getting to do anyway. 
Right. My only problem with it is not so much that I'm fearing his choices now that now that I've seen him do it successfully, I'm very proud of him. I just worry about other people that might snatch him or something. Well, that's always going to be there, right? Well, are you, you go yeah, are you going to me. let him just right Yes. I'm going to make you feel good, Amy. Here we go. Ready? People are always going to try to steal him, okay? Okay. Okay, I feel better about this now. It's fine. So, are you going to let him do it without you following him next time? We'll see. I'll let, I, TBD. I'll keep y'all posted. This is this is a big deal. I am proud of him, and we'll see what happens. One time, I couldn't catch him on the way back, and I had to call my husband and be like, "You got to follow him on the way home because I, I I can't be there, and you got to follow him." <laughs> so my husband was all trying to be all incognito, following our son home. But he's then in full to camo him. behind trees, crawling <laughs> on the ground. But then, like, did this maneuver where he beat him home, and so he thought we were at home like the whole time. <laughs> Oh, we're clever. You're probably not as clever as you think, but mm-hmm. I, I like it. It means you love them. And okay. if you watch him make good decisions many times in a row, you have to trust that he's going to make good decisions when you're not watching him as well. Right. That's what I would say. But are you a helicopter parent? I go, no. no. I'm going to st- st- speak for Eddie because he is a helicopter parent <laughs> and go, no, Eddie thinks you should have him in that little cart beside you and you should ride him. You know, you should put the little cart, like the little uh, bicycle cart. The side cart. Hey, she was telling that story, and the whole time I'm nodding my head. Absolutely. You're a great parent, Amy. Yeah. Okay. Right, but would you eventually let your son just do it himself? No, not the next year. Eddie's like, eventually, t- wow. when he turns 21. <laughs> yeah. You're you're 14-year-old or however? <laughs> yeah, he's 14. Oh, my gosh. Lunchbox? Your son's 11. You're a helicopter parent. Let oh, the kid God. go. I mean, guys, you have to let the kids out in the world and experience things. I was riding my bike to school a mile away when I was in second grade. I was six years old riding my bike to school. You guys need to get a grip on reality. Let the kid go do his thing and trust he, that you have Raised him to make smart decisions. Hey, I feel like Lunchbox hey, people, is in a- <laughs> the Cold War is over. Okay, <laughs> exactly. Lunchbox, nothing- Lunchbox is out arguing with clouds right now. Back when I was a kid. <laughs> But I can't believe you won't let him ride his bike a I couple did blocks. Let him. You did let him. No, and you tailgated him. <laughs> well, no one knows that. But also, was Lunchbox an advanced second grader? Six? Okay, seven years old. Sorry. <laughs> seven years old. Sorry about that. Okay. Amy, uh, keep doing you. I like it. Give us the update you. whenever you let him go himself, okay? All right. Let's go. It's the best bits of the week go. with Morgan number two. You know, whenever our show gets invited to an event or to go do something out in public or out in the wild, it's almost guaranteed that stories are going to come back from it. And that's definitely what happened this time. Scuba Steve and Eddie went to Graceland for the Elvis movie, the whole press junket, all that good stuff. And, well, something happened. Basically, they did something uh, that the show has deemed unprofessional and not a good look for us. So, you know, you can hear the segment for yourself. And then if you check out part one, which is with Scuba, he gives a little bit more uh, to the story and his thoughts on the whole thing. Number six. You know, we are allowed certain things because we do a show, a big, a big show. I'll say it. The biggest it's ever happened in this format. And so with that, like Spider-Man, you know, with power comes responsibility. And sometimes we aren't as responsible as we should be with that power. And mostly I'm talking about Scuba Steve and Eddie because they went to Memphis. They went to go watch the Elvis movie. And whenever you're a producer or you're like Eddie, you get the phone number of artists that will come play on the show because you got to have these professional contacts. That doesn't mean if you see someone covering their song in a bar at midnight, <laughs> you should send them a video of somebody playing their song. Would you, uh, wouldn't you agree, Amy? I, I'm nervous to hear what happened. Yes, I agree. Okay. 
So what happened? Scuba Steve, why don't you tell me what happened? Somebody's playing a Gavin DeGraw song somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so Eddie and I are in Memphis for that Elvis junket, and we're at a bar, and this guy, we, we were upstairs at a top bar, had a good time, come down. This guy is just killing it. He's got nine different pedals, he's playing solos, he's really, really good at playing the guitar, and he starts singing a Gavin DeGraw song, and I'm like, whoa. Eddie and I start singing along, and I was like, Eddie. Should we send us to Gavin? And he's like, yeah, dude, totally send it to Gavin. I was like, but it's like 1030. It's kind of late. He's like, nah, Gavin party's late. Don't worry about it. He'll be up. Just send it to him. So under the peer pressure of Eddie, I sent a no, video. No, we're not blaming it on Eddie. <laughs> you're the, you're the pre- Oh, Eddie, you're at fault too. But Scuba Steve is the responsible list of the responsible. Yes. And was he playing? I don't want to be anything. That's exactly anything. what he was playing, yeah. Yeah. So. And, I, and, guy, I, and, I, and in the hindsight, I probably shouldn't have done it. But I just and I've never done it before, and I just felt like that was the the time to do it. And he responded and said, <laughs> "Yes." I think he felt like he had no other option. I know, yeah. I know, I know. He's a nice guy. What I is know. he going to reply? Don't text me. <laughs> Whose idea was it to do that? I don't remember because Betty and I. Oh, no, I don't remember because yeah. we both were a little tipsy, if, so I don't know. Okay, see. Oh. Alcohol and celebrity phone numbers. And never <laughs> oh, <text>. no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Now I'm going to have to text him and say I'm very sorry that we use a number that was given to us for professional reasons to harass you, even in the nicest way, on a Friday night. I'm sure people cover that song all the time. Can you imagine if somebody texted him, somebody every covering time. that song every time they saw it? Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, I mean, anybody else guilty of texting Artists that have come in before? Anybody? Well, Scuba's the only one that's a producer that has Scuba, all their Scuba numbers. Scuba has the numbers. Yeah, I mean, but- that is a, that's a pretty crazy right. line to cross, but it's a baller mood to be like, start that friendship. <laughs> oh, gosh. And I so didn't say it, anything bad. It was, just a, it was just the cover. It wasn't like I was like, hey, man, what are you doing? want to hang out. It was just like, here's this. Have a great day. Here's this. Have a great day at 1030 at night as you've been drinking. That was basically a professional booty call, okay? You're at a bar. You had a few drinks. You had somebody you kind of have like a professional crush on. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so inappropriate or totally appropriate, Amy? Inappropriate. Lunchbox? Inappropriate, but baller. I mean, you're starting a relationship. It's good. Eddie? Hey, dude, I was there. Nope, I think it was you're awesome. eliminated. Nope, I knew it. It's not awesome. Okay, it's funny. I'm going to be like, hey, sorry if my guys texted you while they were drunk on Friday night. They're going to be going down Broadway just looking for people to sing covers to go through Scuba's phone to text. Oh, no. Okay, so just wanted to start with that. Hey, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Right, guys? Oh, great. I know. That's worse. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Everyone loves this segment, which kind of makes me sad because that means y'all like to hear us being rejected. It is rejected segments. Bobby comes on and he shares uh, segments that were pitched to him but never quite made the air. And even in this segment, they make the air, but it's not a guarantee that you actually get to talk about what's going to happen. So without further ado, rejected segments. Number five. Hey, listen, you guys come up with a lot of ideas for the show. And some of them get used and I'm always very appreciative. But some of them are so just we'd never do them. And I appreciate the effort, but that's how we get this segment called Rejected Segments. Rejected Segments. Although some of these are so dumb, I don't think you guys even really wanted me to air it. I think you're just filling out space. <laughs> like, I got to send in some ideas. Turning so. something in. So these are Rejected Segments, segments that in a million years we would have never done on the air. There have been times, though, where I've been like, wow, that's actually a pretty good segment. Let's do it. So let's see if any of those do this. 
Uh, we'll start with Lunchbox. Lunchbox, welcome. Thank you, and I don't know why any of my segments get rejected. I'm shocked when they don't make it. Lunchbox wrote, I am supper annoyed with my wife. Supper. Supper. Which I think he meant super. Oh, <laughs> that spelling's not my strong point. I didn't care that much. He said, I think my wife's faking a back injury so she can just lay around all weekend. Turned me into a single dad. I don't think she was hurt. Listen to these grunts and moans I've recorded of her and tell me that she isn't exaggerating it. Okay, you guys ready? Ready. Yeah. Like, this is her getting up off the couch, in the car, out of bed. I mean, it is so ridiculous. Here we go. <laughs> Mommy! Okay, I'm not going yet. She sounds hurt. Aw, I did like, that for her. Come on, like that's exaggerated, right? No. Does she know you were recording her? No. Back pain is real. I'd be so mad if totally. my husband brought in me going, Like, I mean, literally, so for three days, I had to do everything with all three kids. Like, she just sat there on the couch like, oh, I can't get up. Oh, like the kid's crying. Okay. Oh, you're going to have to get that. Like, what? Rejected segment. Yeah. Rejected segment. Oh. That's why I get you guys to stop talking about it. I just <laughs> yell. Next up. Mike D sent in paintball roulette. We get five different paintball guns, but only one is loaded. Bobby, Amy, Eddie, Lunchbox, and Morgan get a chance to select a gun, and we take turns shooting each other. The game stops once one person quits or goes to the hospital. Oh, my gosh. Goes to the hospital? That's a brutal bit. I've been hit, and it's not That's like some Squid Game stuff right there. Yeah. Rejected segment. Rejected segments. Also from Mike D. It's a spinoff of one of our other segments where we do the employee of the month, but instead we recognize the person who is the worst employee of the month. (laughs) (laughs) This person needs to show the most improvement, and we list all the things they did badly last month. That's hilarious. Worst? That just would not be good for morale. (laughs) (laughs) Rejected segment! Rejected segments! Morgan number two, and this one actually wasn't so bad. I just... I guess it didn't get to it, but you've been in three different workout classes where the same guy keeps live streaming the workouts. Yeah, I'm like in the background of all of his live streams and I'm just working out. I didn't figure it out until all the way through a full workout class and I walk over and there's people like commenting on what we're doing. Is he a person in the class or teaching the class? No, he's a person in the class. Oh, he's just in the class. Yeah. That's so weird. He's live streaming himself? Yes. So that others can work out with him? I don't know, but then the rest of us are in the background of it and we don't know that strangers are commenting on what we're doing while working out. Yeah, you should That's have to weird. sign a consent. If we're a, if you're a teacher, I get it. Like, hey, we're going to live stream the class to people who can't get up here. Yeah, but no. just somebody random? Yeah, just setting class? up on the side, like watching him go at it. Oh. Well, that doesn't sound... He was, <laughs> listen, I even watched him do ab crunches with his body, like, you know, his legs towards the camera. It was not a pretty Wait, angle. is this like a thing? Like a... Rejected segment! <laughs> Rejected segments! Uh, Lunchbox back in the mix here. Oh, hello. Lunchbox is mad at Sports Illustrated. Swimsuit edition. Oh, boy. Because they're not putting on models he doesn't know. Yeah. They put Kim Kardashian on the cover of the swimsuit issue, and I'm like, we already know Kim Kardashian. Give another model a break. And also, that's how we discover new models. That's how we... we what, do you, what do you need models for? I mean... That's how they get their big break, and we get to see a new hottie instead of, oh, Kim K. We already see Kim K in a bikini all the time. They should, they, I mean. Rejected segment! Terrible. Rejected segments. <laughs> Frustrating. Okay. 
Uh, Raymundo saw on TikTok how he can remove excess skin from his eye for $20 and wants to know if he should try it on the air. Yes. yes. Tell us how. Yeah, I've had these styes on my eyelids. They run in my family. My grandpa had them. My father has them. And my wife, it annoys her. It's right on my eye. It's been there Rejected since. Rejected segment on board. Wow, that was it. do it. Rejected segment. $20 to remove. Yeah, he's, he's going to lose an eye. He's going to tell us and somebody's going to do it. Okay. But he could do it on air. Yeah, rejected segment. Oh. Oh. I got one left. This one is from Lunchbox. He wanted to spill the tea on Shady Scuba Steve because he saw a shady deal in the parking lot and he doesn't think what Scuba's doing is legal. Yes, there was a car that pulled into the, the garage. Scuba went out there, looked to his left and right, stuck his hand in the car. Person handed him like a brown paper bag wrapped up. Scuba went and put it in his truck like no one was watching. I was like, hmm, that doesn't seem very normal. Can I ask you a question? It what wasn't like an Amazon delivery. Right, right, right. It was a can't cash for something like... How did this go down? Let me just run this by you. Yeah. Do you like Scuba Steve? Yeah. Let's say he was doing a drug deal, which I don't think it was. Well, I don't but know what say, he was doing. All right, but let's say he was. Would you really want to come in here and tell on him for doing that? I mean, if it's going down at work, like, do that at your house, man. Don't bring that business to my work. But it's me at Jeopardy. Does it? But what was it really? I don't Scuba know. Steve, I don't know. Oh I don't. It wasn't a drug deal, so I don't mind asking him this. Yeah, 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 no problem. Was it a drug deal? <laughs> it was not. Actually, the thing you're speaking into right now, that red microphone that I got you for Christmas, it was that. Oh, the guy brought oh. it up here and dropped it off. Yes, dropped it off, and then I was trying to be secret about it because it was a surprise. Oh. Well. But that's it. So how do you feel, Lunchbox? I feel good. I'm, I'm glad Scuba's not breaking the law. It just seemed weird. that You were going to just tell on him it was, the, the car was all, The car was all tinted windows, and it was just... That's seen, every car almost. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. Tinted windows. It had a radio it had in it. Playing music. Two license plates, <laughs> man. Just seemed really shady. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, those are all rejected segments. Amy, you didn't make the list. Good job. Oh, but I don't know. It's kind of fun hearing them. Okay, well, like, here, here's a bad one from you. A woman trusted Amy with her purse in the bathroom. Whoa. Oh, yeah, that's a big deal. That's weird. Isn't that crazy? So she was in the stall next to me, and her, like, toddler son was in there with her, and he kept throwing stuff out of her purse into the other stalls. And so when I got out and was washing my hands, she scooted it under, and she was like, can you wash this for me? And I'm like, this woman does not know me. But I gathered everything and put it up on the sink and waited for her to come out. You look trustworthy. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, she couldn't see me through the stall. <laughs> but why was that rejected? It could just not talk about it. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to. And you're like, well, I, don't want I had that on oh, here. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I just thought, wow, this woman trusts me because I could have just walked out with her purse. No problem. There you go. That's rejected segments. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Please. Keep rejected segments. Oh. Keep them coming. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Uh, Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also in the best bits this weekend, Amy's son has been sending her photos of his bathroom visits, and it sounds exactly what you think. So I'm just going to leave this one here because I don't need to get into this and, and share my opinion or talk about it. I just want you guys to hear it for yourself. Here it is. Amy's son, what he's been doing lately that she does not know what to do with. Number four. I feel like you want to show me a picture of something. I saw Amy grab her phone hmm. as we're going to segment. What, what What's on your phone? Well, I don't know if you want to see it, but... Um, my son now thinks it's hilarious to text me pictures from his bathroom experience. What do you mean? Like when he goes to the bathroom, bathroom number two, he takes a picture and then he. Sends oh my it to gosh! Me. I don't want to see that. Yeah, no. Why does he text that to you? I don't know. Oh no! I thought is this just a, oh, no. a little boy humor thing? Is it and for medical reasons? Yeah. Is he like mom? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's, or he's proud of himself. Oh, no. I don't know. You tell him to stop? Yes. And now he thinks it's so funny. And he's like, oh, can't stop, won't stop. Oh, no. I'd never open a text from him. He'd be like, I haven't eaten in days and I wouldn't look at it because I wouldn't want to see that. Don't show it to me. Don't show it to me. No, no, no. no. I don't want to see it. Oh, dude, what do you tell him? Please stop. This is not, or don't send these to anybody else but mom. No, no, please stop. Well, yeah, yeah stop. No pictures. But also- oh, no, yeah, no pictures. It's like a Zsa Zsa Gabor in the 70s. No pictures, no pictures. Yeah, I don't know. I just hope he's not texting them out to anybody. Does he have his own me. phone? He has an iPad. He's taking a picture with an iPad? <laughs> he's having to get all cinematic. That thing's huge. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, he doesn't have a phone. Oh, no. Okay. He, he can text me through his iPad account. Oh, that's what he's been up to? Like an email. Mm-hmm. That, I've seen him in like a week. What else is he up to? Well, he had a friend over, and they got locked out, so that was quite the experience. I get- Were you uh, not home? I wasn't home. The friend has a phone, so text me and was like, hey, 
I was just down the street at the grocery store and I was going to be back. And he's like, somehow we've managed to get locked out. And I said, okay, well, I'll be home soon. So just play basketball or do something outside and I'll be there. And I get back and Stevenson's very dramatic and is already spelling out SOS with sticks and rocks in our driveway. <laughs> For people flying over <laughs> instead of just knocking on the door. And what's funny is we, he just learned what SOS meant a week ago. And so I th- actually thought it was quite clever and cute, but he was just very dramatic when I pulled up. We have been locked out for hours. It had been no more than 30 minutes, that's for sure. And he was spelling out SOS. Which, by the way, SOS means? Same Save our ships. Nothing. Oh. It means nothing. Save our ships. It, no, it literally is doesn't. It, it's what people have inserted no. the meaning, meaning to me, but it means nothing. It's made of just those specific sounds and the letters looking like a distress signal. Not save our souls. Ooh. That's another one. Save our call. sushi. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> That'd be weird, but okay. Save our sisters. Uh, it could be any of that. Anything. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. Talk about an epic weekend at CMA Fest for obvious reasons, but more importantly, because I got to meet Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, and it was literally incredible and such a fun cool experience i met them in the wild that wasn't like at a press moment they were just out being country music fans and it was just so cool so here's the story of how it all happened and how i realized that it was tom hanks and rita wilson Number three. Morgan, how did you meet Tom Hanks? Well, so I was at CMA Fest working, but after I got done working, I just went out into the crowd and I was hanging out with my parents and we were jamming to Jason Aldean. He was playing. I was like, you know, I really need to go pee. So I left during the middle of Jason Aldean's set and I'm walking up the stairs in this section where every every other fan is at, right? And I kind of look and I'm like, oh, that looks like... Rita Wilson, she's on her phone. Didn't think much of it. I went to pee, and while I'm sitting there, I'm like, if that was Rita Wilson, and she's only sitting next to somebody else, that has to be Tom Hanks. So I come back, and I kind of scoot in front of him. There's no one around. No security guards, no nothing. And the guy's sitting there jamming to the concert. Rita's on her phone reading something. And I just turn around, and sure enough, it was Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson just sitting there. Like, watching the show like any other fan. It's crazy that people weren't piling onto them going, hey, can I get a picture? Like, they weren't recognized. I know, and they were sitting, like, right on the aisle. They're in the rows in front and behind them weren't full. Like, you could easily access them if you wanted to. And after I went up to him, first of all, I did go up and say, hey, I'm Morgan from the Bobby Bone Show, and we all love you on our show. Both of you guys are so awesome. Like, do you mind if I get a picture? And then after that, I blacked out because he took my phone and, like, took a selfie with me, and I have no <laughs> idea what happened afterward. See, Tom Hanks knows the Gavin DeGraw technique. You take the phone, take the picture, and you can scoot people on their way. That's exactly they, what happened. And they still feel loved, right? Yeah, I so did because like, I was like, oh, Tom Hanks even touched my phone. Like, That even made me feel more special. That's crazy. You just saw Tom Hanks hanging out. So you walked off. Why didn't they have better seats? Can't we, can't we get Tom Hanks better <laughs> seats than sitting in the back of the stadium randomly? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know who they were there for because they did stay through Jason Aldean. They stayed for a little bit of Keith Urban and then they were gone. I maybe saw 
two other people go up to him. But besides that, there were people walking past the whole time. Oh, see, that's what I would be nervous of is it if they were just chilling and then they, someone sees you ask for a picture and then it mm-hmm. causes this flow of people. And then I would feel really, really bad. I know. That's, but, well, that's what I did originally, too. I was like, I'm sorry, I won't post a picture right now. Like, I'm not going to make everybody come talk to you guys. And they were so cool about it. I don't think Tom heard me most of the time, though, because the whole set was going on and he kept kind of putting his ear up to me like, I can't really hear what you're saying. But he just kind of smiled and took my phone, took a picture and then waved and I left. So did he look older, younger in person? I don't know. I've just never seen Tom Hanks in person and he's about as famous as you can get. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he looked so good. I don't even know how old they are, but like his smile, he I don't know if he's had work done or anything, but he looks amazing. And Rita looked great. So, but but they don't look like Tom doesn't look like how he would look in the movies. He looks like how he would look out in public and all those stories we hear about him. It's not like he has his hair dyed. Like he's got like, you know, white hair. He's got his glasses on. He's just like a regular guy. Well, I'm intrigued. I wish I could see somebody famous in the wild. (laughs) You know, I don't know if they would have known who. Hey, I'm Morgan from the Bobby Bone Show. I think they're just here. What's just white noise to them? Don't you think? I don't know. I feel like Rita knew who it was because she looked at me. She's like, oh, yeah, totally. Tom had no idea. But Rita, well, I think, knew. I don't know. Some say Forrest Gump was based on me. Tom had to study some more. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Let's do Morgan Wallen, Wasted on You. That's a good story, Morgan. That's pretty cool. I, I can hear Eddie's jealousy. You heard that? I can just hear it dripping oh out gosh, of Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you, it. You never met him, Eddie? I've never met him. And that night, I was supposed to be there with Morgan, but schedules got sh- uh, shifted around, and I wasn't able to be there. So that was my one chance. That's your punishment there. So dope. <laughs> it's the best bits of the week. With Morgan number two. A super cool accomplishment for Bobby this week. His children's book, Stanley the Dog, The First Day of School, is out now. He couldn't do the whole press stuff that he planned for it because he's not been feeling well. And so he did talk about it a little bit on this show this week, but I am definitely wanted it to be here on The Best Bits so you guys could purchase it and get it if you haven't already. If you pre-ordered and did all that good stuff awesome but if you haven't ordered it you can go to bobbybones.com and get you a copy he signed a book for my niece and nephew and it went to kansas to them so i'm super excited to hear and see pictures of them reading it and make sure if you're reading it to your kids or you got the book share it on socials with us he's loved getting to see all of that number two i had a book come out on tuesday Stanley the dog, first day at school, had all this press lined up to do and missed every bit of it. So I got to do no sort of press for the book. So, uh. Well, what's crazy is how many people pre-ordered. And honestly, I was shocked. I forgot I pre-ordered it. And it arrived in the mail. Thank you. And I was like, oh, yay. (laughs) Look at me. (laughs) Way back in the day. But also, I saw so many people that got it day of, which means so many people pre-ordered. Yes. And I'm very appreciative. And if you weren't pre-ordering, because I would never pre-order anything, really. And I appreciate those who did. You can go to Amazon and order it now, and it'll be there in a day or two. But it's also, called, I have yes. Two go ahead. Thi- I have two things to say. Go ahead. Yes, it's called Stanley the Dog, first day of school. But I haven't received my signature yet. Uh oh. My autograph from Ooh. you. Just kidding. I didn't email the thing, but I saw some people are getting mad and they're leaving that as a review, and they need to not do that because you're mailing it out, and they're they need to give you five stars. Well, here's what happened. The book company says you need to do a pre-sale. I said, I don't want to do a pre-sale. I think pre-sales are dumb. They said, well, it's in your contract to do a pre-sale. I said, I will only do a pre-sale 
if I can promise the people that are going to buy it early that I can send them something extra. I'm not going to charge them anymore, but I, they say, okay, great. So we sell like 13,000 in pre-sale. I've been signing, every, I've been signing these little art cards every day for at least an hour for the past two months. And yeah. so we never said they were going to come out right when the book came. You're going to get the book. Some of them got it before. Some will get it after, but you'll get it in the mail. And it's this signed piece of art that goes with the book. And people are all upset they didn't get theirs when other people are getting it on the app. We're mailing them out individually. I'm going crazy over here. And I got sick. And so then they're leaving one star reviews on Amazon. They're like, love the book. Didn't get my autograph. Okay. One star. Yeah. I was bothered by that, but I was just saying, too, they had to have also sent the email to get the signature. Yes, it doesn't matter. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> it's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In Super Hot, at the number one spot is Gavin DeGraw. He came on the show this week for an interview, and he also performed some of his 
hit songs, including Yes, I Don't Want to Be, which as a One Tree Hill fan, such a fun moment. I've seen him in concert, but nothing was like this interview and this performance. Gavin is just such a good dude. And to have him in here talking about all of his hit songs and his new project and what he has had to go through in his life recently to put out this new project, just an all-around incredible interview and probably one of my favorites in recent years. So without further ado, why have I been saying that a lot lately? I have no idea, but it's Gavin DeGraw. Number one. Hey Gavin, I was watching some of this uh, this this docu-series where you're road tripping, and I, and I know that you also like to be in your bus. Do you hate flying? I, I, this is my Do you hate flying or you just like being on the ground? Uh, man, I don't really like airports. Oh, because I, I hate flying. I'm scared I, of planes. Yeah, I, yeah I, you're scared of people. It sounds like you know. I, I I don't like bad interactions, and airports is like it's like a recipe for bad interactions with people. You know, you taught you me know? a lesson in an airport once. It was a couple <laughs> years ago. That's pre-pandemic, and I think we were sitting next to each other or near each other on a flight, yeah. and. We had both been stopped going through the airport, but you were you were very efficient and very nice to people. And I'd be like, "Yeah, let's take." I would take like ten minutes, and you're like, "No, here's what you do. You go, yeah, give me your phone, and you take the selfie for them, and you give them their phone back, and everybody wins." And so <laughs> that's the move. That's the lesson. Yeah, your lesson was they're going to be like, "Well, I can't get my camera right. I can't." He said, "You just take the phone from them. Yeah. You do that. You take the selfie because you know yeah. exactly how to do it. Then you hand their phone back. That's and true. Everybody wins. It's a lot faster." And it looks good because you control Cause you, it. Because you've been doing it a million times. Yeah. Right? It, you know who who did it the best, who I saw do it? And I was like, he's knocking this out of the park. Ed Sheeran. I was with Ed one night, and things were blowing up for him. And I was like, man, this guy's really good at this. Mm, look at that angle. Way to hold that phone steady. He's got it down. <laughs> I, got, I like, got out the moleskin. I was like, mm, jotting it down on pen and paper, you know? I remember this. 30 degrees. I've passed your knowledge yeah. to multiple people. <laughs> yeah, the same way Ed taught you, you taught me, Gavin. So That's it's, amazing. It's going generationally at this point. Hey, man, let's do this. It's like you'll save time. you have Changing a better picture. Just say, hey, yeah, let's take a picture. Give me your phone. Boom, take it. All right, there we go. On to I the love next it. One. If you're not too heavily caffeinated, the picture's pretty good. Otherwise, it's what, a little shaky? A little, oh, little yeah, blurry, man, little... forget about it. The caffeine <laughs> hits me hard, man. I'll, I'll drink an eight balls worth of it, and I'll be like, I'll take this selfie for you, and it looks like an earthquake happened. Oh, congrats on the new record, man. Thank it's you. so good. I, you know, Thank you. I was lucky enough that you sent it over to me, because, you know, I'm just a fan of you musically anyway. Thank you. And, oh. I mean, it's, it's, and we're going to play something from it in just a little bit. Yeah. But also, and I'm not sure if you know all who's been bragging about the record but i would be considered like a half toaster there's a there's a podcast called the morning toast yeah and they were play, they were bragging on it and playing it to a pretty wow. good podcast and i was like i know that guy wow thanks man. yeah so i didn't I do it I, mine's right now but theirs already happened well thank them i thank yeah. them too man thank so you. the record huge. is uh, really great so thank when you. this thing comes out well i guess before it comes out like how long do you work on an album like this and do you feel like musically sonically this is I don't want to say a change. It definitely feels a little more, in the loveliest way, like mature. Thank like you. Like this album. Do you feel that? Do you yeah. feel like an appropriate way to describe it? I think that's spot on. Um, you know, record came out on on the twentieth of uh, of May, and uh, you know, I'd been holding it back because um, I, I didn't know if it was the right time to put it out for a long time. I'd, it's been done for a long time. But, you know, the world was all upside down and my life, my personal life was all upside down. Um, and I wasn't uh, I wasn't sure when when's the right time to put out new music and um, when does it feel 
like the right time and also at the same time how how am I going to serve the songs to my fans? Uh, I didn't I didn't want to just launch this thing out you know out of a cannon and and hope people heard it. And I wanted to kind of deliver it to them personally and go out and play little rooms. Um, the the tour I just did, um, I went out and I played rooms that were the size of the rooms I played before I ever had a record deal. Um, like the even on. Even on launch, the actual release day of the record, we played The Bitter End, which is the first place they ever gave me a gig in New York City. You know, it holds 150 people, 200 people. I just felt like being in those environments is the right way to serve the songs to people who've been with me for a long time. The audience is basically what changed my life. So I wanted to serve them the songs the way that I used to serve songs before I have had a record deal. Get up on stage, talk about the music, talk about my life, and, you know, here's a song about it, and... All these things happen, and then just make it rhyme, right? Um, <laughs> make it rhyme, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, making this record, it was heavily personal. You know, there's a lot of loss in the family. You know, I lost my mom, and then two weeks later, my grandma died, and then six months later, my granddad died, and then COVID happened, and then my dad got diagnosed, and he died. And you know, I'm watching all that stuff happen around me. But I wanted to finish the record while he was alive. I wanted him to hear the record. Uh, it was my that was my timeline. My timeline was finish it for dad, right? Whenever you know, hopefully before I lose him. So uh, it wasn't going to be a business as usual album. It wasn't going to be hey, let me write some songs and I hope I get some hit songs. And it just had nothing to do with that. It was just different. Um, the world was different. I'm different. And for me to go on and just do business as usual, cutting records just in, in hopes of. Man, I hope it catches on. It just wasn't going to – would be disingenuous. And I can't ignore the things that happened to me or to them or to every, the world as a whole, you know, and just launch a record and, 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 hey, this is so people dance. That's just not how I feel, you know. The world changed, and, and, and I, I changed with it. I'm 45 years old. I'm a grown man. For me to go out just trying to, you know, do my happy dance would just be silly. You know, I was listening to it again. I'd spent some time with it when you sent it to me. Then I was listening to it again. And this, the track that hit me always every time was uh, Chasing Wind. Mm. I'm going to, Ray, if you'll play some of this, here's some of Gavin's song, Chasing Wind. From the What's interesting too is Dave Cobb produced this, right? And yeah. Dave Cobb's worked with a lot of our favorite artists here oh, in town. Man. He's he's genius. Uh, I took a meeting. Uh, well, he took a meeting with me, which I didn't expect because you know who am I? And um, I met him in Mid Midtown here, and um, we did lunch. It was he and I, and I was expecting some old geezer to walk through the door because I'd heard his name so many times, you know, and he had so many hit records. But he walked in. He had cooler hair than me, and he was cooler than me, and and uh, probably younger than me. Um, he said, what do you want to do? And I said, I, I need to get all this stuff out of my body and I don't want to co-write with anybody. I want to go back to writing alone like I did with the first few records. Um, but I think you're the best producer in the world for kind of record I want to make. Um, and he said, with some expletives, let's do it, you know? And a couple weeks later we were in the room and, um, you know, he, he brought in some ace players and I brought in the best guitar player I know, this guy right here, Billy Norris, and uh and uh and we, we just started recording 
And um, and I, I think that Dave's influence over the record as a whole was something that took took it to to heights I couldn't have I couldn't have seen. And um, my my vision for it was more linear than his. Um, his vision was much bigger than mine. Um, and he he really challenged me in the studio, which I I really appreciated. I think we all work better under pressure anyway. You know, I think everybody needs to have somebody kind of putting a thumb on them and uh, and challenging them. And I, I think what he did uh, and what he demanded made the album a whole lot better than than I ever could. Gavin DeGraw is here. Got a new album, Face the River. We're going to play Ford in just a few minutes. But when I think about, you know, somebody just says your name, that, that, oh, Jerry. that, that <laughs> melody of Chariot yeah. just sits in like the, on the back when it's like, hey, huh. You know, I was listening to Gavin DeGraw, and immediately it's ah, chair. That that just that <laughs> melody. I'm assuming Thank when you, you when you play, you play all. Do you play all the hits like at your shows? Yeah, you pretty much. Oh, right abso- absolutely. Do you yeah, know them all? Could you sure. play a little bit of Chariot just to get that 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 uh, bug out of my ear? Oh, absolutely. One play, just play the hook. Sure, that's the part you know. Yeah, it's, it's part. Oh, I think I know more, but that's the part that sits there. Yeah. All right, here we go. Three, four. Oh, Chariot, you're golden way. Are walking down upon this face. So, chariot, I'm singing out loud to guide me. Give me your serene. Nice. Ooh, All right, I'm good. That worm is gone. You know, you just gotta feed. Sometimes you gotta feed the worm, and then the worm's full, and the worm goes away. Yeah, I like it. I know you're gonna retune now, right? Do, yes. do, do you need a second? Just a second. Yeah. Cool. Can yeah. we keep talking? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. You, cool, 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 cool. So, Chariot was one of your first singles. I played it on radio. I was wow. One of, it was one of the early ones, right? Very early. Like, yeah. 2005, 2006, back in, Some, back in that day? Somewhere in there. It was a funny little group of song. It, it, the timeline is really weird because the first song I ever released, um, I don't want to say it didn't do anything, but it didn't do anything. It was called Follow Through. And then uh, I got lucky with a song called I Don't Want to Be. And then uh, Clive Davis loved the song Follow Through so much. He goes, no, re-releasing Follow Through. So he wanted to launch it again. And uh, that time, for whatever reason, it was a hit. And then the next one was Chariot. And, so it was uh, in that first little little group. Yeah, but probably I around life o- was just, 05, 06. Everything's just flying so fast then, I'm assuming, at that stage of your career. You know, it's funny. I, <clears throat> I was always... Um, afraid to acknowledge any successes that were happening. Um, I was almost too busy to notice them, but as they were occurring, I was so afraid that they were going to disappear if I pick my head up to look in the rearview mirror and go, oh, well, cool, look, look what just happened, you know? Um, and, I, and I was, you know, I don't know, it's a personality type thing, man. I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. You yeah, know? Same, same, I get it. Yeah so, yeah, so, you know, even when big things were happening, I just thought it was, oh, we have to do this. We're doing this. It's great we're doing this, but we're doing this. I guess we're doing this because we have to do this because nothing's working yet. You know what I mean? And I don't know why it's a personality type thing, but, you know, you get on, you're lucky enough to come on at a show like this, me, and go, this is great. This is awesome. We definitely have to do this. Nothing must be working. <laughs> right? <laughs> Instead little, of going, this is awesome. Neurosis there. This little, is happening. Yeah, by a little lot of neurosis. Cause I live no with doubt it. about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. It's it's fear. And uh and it's you know, it's fear of failure and it's fear of, hey man, did I make all the wrong decisions? And you know, I joke about it with 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 friends of mine that you know, I always feel like I'm I'm one 
one more bad decision away from just playing the lobby of some hotel in the middle of somewhere, you know, and, uh, you know, that guy, you know, and uh, you're just you just you don't have complete control of things. You know, you mentioned you got lucky with I don't want to be. Yeah. Again, I was in pop radio at that point. I don't know it from One Tree Hill. Is that the show it's on? That's the yep. show? They, this, uh, yeah. I don't know it from that. I just know it from being played on the radio. So which, this mm. chicken or egg here, was it a single and then it got big and the TV show put it on or did the TV show and then it went from there? Man, you know, it's funny with that song because I thought that was the obvious first single. Uh, my brother was screaming up all the time at me, you know, in our apartment in New York. He's like, that's a single. What's wrong with people? You know, like they need to put that out first. Um, but follow through is the one. And um, I got a phone call from a guy. The song hadn't been selected to be a single yet. And I got a phone phone call from a guy named Joe Devola. And um, Joe Devola said, hey, I want to use your song for a TV show. I said, nah, absolutely not. I don't even watch TV. TV's stupid, you know? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's just, you know, it's a New York, you know, East Village art, you know, snob at the time. You know, I was kicking around Alphabet City and, you know, 20 years ago, right? So <clears throat> I said, nah, I don't even watch TV. Who watches TV? And I don't want to be associated with it. He goes, listen, you got to help me help you. The song, I think, would be a big song, and I want to put it in a show. I said, no, 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 I really appreciate it. You sound like a nice guy, but no thanks. He goes, okay, let me ask you another question. How much money you got in your bank account right now? And I was like, <laughs> bro. <laughs> <laughs> he starts laughing. And uh, he goes, listen, think about it. We're not going to touch the song. We're just going to put it in a place where people are going to hear it, you know? And that show wasn't on yet, right? It wasn't even on okay, yet. right. Yeah. And um, Follow Through apparently had been picked up and put in another show that was in pilot in pilot mode that never got, actually, never became big. I think Val Kilmer was in. It was about the porn industry. Follow Through. I don't know. But anyway, um, but yeah, I, I said, you know what? All right, this guy's right. Guys like me aren't going to be watching this stuff anyway and associate it with certain things. I'm not going to associate it with a teen show. I'm not a teenager, you know. I'm, I was 27 at the time. You know, I was an adult. But I said, all right, do it. You know what, man? Just do whatever you want with it. I appreciate it. And you know what? Just do it. Just do it. And sure enough, the, the song took off, and then I walked into the label, and uh, I had a meeting with Clive Davis, and he said... Uh, with everything happening around this sh the show with the song, <laughs> you've heard Clive talk. Uh, the obvious next single would be "I Don't Want to Be," and I was like, "All right, great, this is awesome." You know, so the song I originally wanted is finally going to be the the single, and and it did. It, it took off, and you know, fortunately, that was a foot in the door in the door moment. You know, does that? I don't know. I, I, obviously, it got you to the place that you originally wanted, meaning it's kind of a weird way that it happened. For sure. You wanted it. They said no. You didn't want it to be on the TV yeah. show. Then you finally said yes, which yeah. got it back around to where you wanted it. Yeah. So, but do you look back at it being on the TV show and go, hmm, I wish I wouldn't have done it, or I wish I would have done it, or, or are you just like, you know what? Nailed it. It had to happen. The looking back thing's always tough. 
uh, because I think if I would have made a different decision, I'd be looking back right now thinking I should have changed something else that, you know, based on what, wherever I was at at that, at that point, right? As they say, uh, no, uh, um, they say no battle plan ever survives combat, right? So, so, and, you know, of course, no matter what changes I would have made back then, there'd be some other, something else I'd have to look back on now and say, I should alter this, I should alter that. But I, I think the association, Certainly at first was a great idea. Um, it opened doors that were absolutely welded shut to me um, because there were other artists who are always going to have priority at other labels. You know, I, I wasn't I, I wasn't um, I wasn't Alicia Keys. You know, she was out, you know, a little bit before me, but under the same. Uh, same company. Uh, I wasn't Maroon 5. They were out just before me with the same group of people doing the same marketing. So there are, there were already a couple of acts here that were going to get the most attention and I needed to find, I had to find a window to, to crawl through. Um, and, and that's, that was the window. So then let me ask it to you this way. When yeah. people go, Hey, I know you from one tree Hill. That's the right. show, right? It yeah. is one tree Hill. Sure. When people go, I know you from one tree Hill. You're like, Oh no, I say, that's awesome because you know <laughs> but that's cool. Okay, you know, yeah. to however me, you found me, however you found me, however you found me, you know the fact that you know twenty years later, if someone's coming up to me saying they know me from a teen show, but they're still coming to my shows. That means somehow the the music is making them feel good still, yeah. right? And if they're only coming for that one song, hey, God bless them. If they want to sit through two hours of music, you know, for me <laughs> to get to song. a song at the end of the night, <laughs> yeah. you know, then cool. You know, uh, there was, it, speaking of which, there's a, I think every artist probably goes through this, the first, um, the, probably the, on their first, uh, their first successful song. Oh, you're going to love this. Okay. So, because I was having little success with that song early on, and uh, the song took off, it's a big hit, blah, 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 whatever. And people start coming to your gigs. So then, you know, for about, you know, for about six months, you start feeling pretty good. You're like, this is pretty cool. This is, I'm having some success, you know. Suddenly you feel like you're a little bigger, stronger, you know. Everything's bigger on your body, right? So to speak. And so I thought, let's play the hit early tonight. You know, let's do it like third. <laughs> Everybody's gone by the fourth song. They heard it. They're you good. Can't, they're... You can't do that. You know, and everybody funny. who's left there is watching you just bored to death because they already heard what they came Play for. Play it again. That's it. <laughs> there was a, there was like two or three gigs. I was like. I know what I got to do. I got to play this one again. That's funny. I'm going to play it again, you know? And uh, so the, those were growing pains. Those were those were real learning experiences, I think. And uh, just, just stuff you got to be able to laugh at afterward because every act, every act that's had a big hit, I know they know what I'm talking about. Whether, whether they decided I'm going to try it out and play the hit early or not, I don't know if they've all done that, but I know that they know. The crowd is really coming for the hits. Do you? You gotta play them, but you gotta you gotta pick pick and choose your moments. Do you? Did you ever have a stage where you disliked playing it? You played it so much. No, I've never not ever. That's good. Not I'm about to ask you to play it. Thank God. Because <laughs> if he just said yes, no. I'd have been like, well, it's about to get real awkward. No, no, okay. no, no, literally. But you know, it's funny because I do know acts who talk about, oh, I don't want to play my hits. 
I don't want to do those anymore. And and I think to myself, does this know how lucky they are right now that they get to do this? You know, you got to pull them aside. But like, hey, listen, I, I know, you know, you've been doing this song every day since you wrote this song. But must I remind you, you have one of the only jobs in the world that when you get to clock out, people clap for you and tell you what a good job you did. You know, name another one. You know, name another job you could think of that at the end of your workday, people go, great job. That was amazing tonight. You know, you don't get that. Nobody right. gets that. You know, get up there and give them what they came for. You're so blessed to be able to do that. Or you you you, you're, you have forgotten how, how, how tough real life really is. If you don't want to do a song for three and a half minutes for people who saved up, Three and a half months to drive three and a half hours to watch you sing that song. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, you know? uh, uh, Gavin DeGraw is here, and he, uh, he's looking at me when he said that. I'm sorry, so, man. I it's like, to, to that me, that's so crazy yeah, that yeah, you would you would want to do that song. For Listen, them. as a fan, I'm glad that you feel that way, right? And and with that being said, yeah, don't play the whole thing. Just give me the just give me the hook of that. I don't want to have him yell at me. Again. Bobby. Yeah, I don't want to, so just give me the hook and uh, we'll call that a day on that one. All right, here's Gavin DeGraw. Hit, hit me with that hook. Of I don't want to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. I don't want to be anything other than what I've been trying to be lately. All I have to do is think of me and our peace of mind. I'm tired of looking around rooms wondering what I got to do. Oh, who I'm supposed to be I don't want to be anything other than me That's awesome. Let's get to the new stuff now. That's what we all came for. That's why we drove three and a half hours. I don't want him yelling at me again. I was thinking about leaving. Yeah, yeah. You leave after that. It's so good, though. Watch everybody in the studio. We're out. We're gone. So, the song that I'd like for you to play if that's cool. It's Ford. It's from yeah. the new record. Would you give me a little setup on this? Again, you wrote it and you oh, yeah. recorded it. So what led yeah. you to actually do both? Uh, well, this song's about sort of recognizing that you've been uh, caught up on the hamster wheel of life. And, you know, you have that revelation one day of, you know, my stuff owns me. I don't own my stuff. Why? Why am I doing all this other work? Or why am I, why am I picking up this OT, these OTs? Why am I doing these other things to pay for things that I'm not even getting to enjoy because I'm spending all my time just paying for them? You know, um, and you seeking advice. So you know, I think if you're going to get advice, hopefully you get it from somebody that you love, somebody. Uh, uh, who's smarter than you and and who's older than you um, because they're going to give you better advice. So this is, this is, uh, the song's a conversation uh, 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 about somebody looking for advice, asking some old dude, you know, what, what do I do? All right. Here's Gavin DeGraw. This is from the new record, Face the River, and here is Ford. Trying, I'm tired, but I'm trying. Till I've been climbing 
Oh, I can't see the top Oh, man Can you help me understand Why I'm on this planet Do you know when to stop Working for a dollar Oh, that's how you make a man feel broke Working for a dollar That's the only thing I know Just driving old Ford Count blessings and praise the Lord Have less, make it feel like more Leave work at the front door Work hard and you get paid Don't give them your best days Only so many left safe Some of them up for the ones worth saving them for La-da La-da-da-da-da La-da-da-da La-da-da-da-da Yeah La-da La-da-da-da-da La da 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 Man, that is so good. Yeah, kill it, man. That's awesome. Thanks very much. Song's good. The message is good. You're good. Everything's thank you. Great. Thank you. Don't yell at me anymore. It's awesome. I was amazing. That's really great. The record's just great too. The record is an album that I would listen to if I wasn't working in music and had to listen to music for a living, right? I mean, that wow. that's the music I like. This wow. this whole record is that. And wow, man. I encourage Thank people to Bobby. check it out. It's been out a few weeks. It's called Face the River. Uh, so many Thank good you. songs. And f- listen, the, the feeling that you guys probably got by hearing that song and that message, mm. those feelings are sprinkled all throughout the record for different reasons. Yes, sir. Because, I mean, you sing that song there, and it's like, dang, I should reevaluate my life and quit this job and walk off the air right now and, and go and spend time with my wife and, <laughs> Wait, screw, Bobby, no. and screw this place. Yeah, <laughs> But, you know, that's the kind of thing it is. Like, I'm spending too much time doing dumb crap. Mm. And that same kind of, oh, like punching the gut in a good way is all through the record. So great, wow, great job. You, it's a heck man. of a project. I appreciate it, man. I hate that thank so you. much crap had to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For you to create this project, but I'm glad yeah. that you did it because I feel yeah. like hopefully it was therapeutic for you. Very, very. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. It, it, it's been, um, it, it was therapeutic writing it, and it's, it's therapeutic recording it, and therapeutic playing it every night, and it's been, um, it's been emotional playing it every night. Um, some nights are harder than others, you know, um, but, but I feel like it's a message that I need to get out um i think it's something really other people are relating to and you know when you lose people you you become part of this fraternity or this club that you never really want to be a member of um but we're we're all members of it um or gonna be and and i i just think you have to uh take it head on you know my father always told me run to the lion and I and I think you just have to take you just have to take everything head on, everything that you're worried about, everything that that's scaring you, everything you that you that you were putting off. There has to be a moment where you turn and you go to it. Um, and I and I, I just needed to go to it. You did. It's it's again beautiful art. Thank you. Man. Tragic circumstances, beautiful art, and just uh, don't stop doing it. You know, Thanks, man. don't stop Appreciate doing it. it. Uh, Gavin DeGraw is here. Uh, you guys check out the record. It's Face the River. The There's a six-part docuseries on Facebook yeah. that you guys did about road tripping as you're making 
you, like the creative-ish process? Well, it was after the uh, <clears throat> after the uh, record was made. I got to go out and do do another road trip because I like road tripping. You know, so I, I said do, I, I, I like I do, flying. I, I, Except I, I don't like being in the air. I, 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 I wish I could fly on the ground. Dude, Does that make sense? That's the move. That's man. what I'm saying. Why can't we invent that? <laughs> that's that. That's the move. Why can't I you fly know? on the ground? We're supposed to see the world from about five to six feet above the ground. Yeah. Right where our head is. Right where our feet that's are on right. it. <laughs> that's exactly yes. right. Uh, you guys check that out. And and that's going to be it for now. Um, my absolute favorite song of yours is Not Over You. Wow. You still like that one or no? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I love it. I wrote that with Ryan Tedder. I did not know that. Yeah, I wrote with Ryan Tedder and uh, the spark of it. One Republic guy, by the way. One Republic, yeah. yeah. Super, just a wonderful uh pop songwriter specifically just a, a genius at pop and uh we um he first played me that riff the piano riff up top that um come on right that thing we were in um blackbird uh studios in here in nashville he goes yo man what do you think of this he just sat at the piano doing this and i was like hush it's okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like, yeah, I think this would be great for you. you know? Dreams, that's where I have to go to see your beautiful face anymore. I stare at a picture of you and listen to the radio. Hope, hope is a conversation. We both admit we had it good. Until then, it's alienation. I know that much is understood. And I realize if you ask me how I'm doing, I would say I'm doing just fine. I will lie and say that you're not on my mind. But I go out and I sit down at a table set for two and five. No matter what I say, I'm not over you. Hey! Not over you. That's awesome, wow. man. I appreciate oh, that. Thanks, thanks for yeah. walking us through appreciate that. It. Goosebumps. That's it. Gavin DeGraw, you guys follow him. Listen to the record over and over again. Face the River. You will find your own story inside of it. He created music. It doesn't have to be the exact same story that you're living. Uh, I find songs a lot of times that speak to me in different ways than it was originally written, and it speaks to me the same way that it was supposed to speak to me. So great, wow. great body of work. Gavin wow, DeGraw. Man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate Bobby. you guys. Thank appreciate you. It, man. There he is. Thanks so yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Y'all, thanks so much for joining me this weekend. I hope you loved the best bits, the interview with Scuba Steve, and the best bits, just the bits. I always appreciate y'all hanging out and listening to this podcast with your weekend time because I know that it's very precious and you can be doing a lot of things and not listening to this podcast. So I appreciate you downloading and listening and also tagging me and and letting me know you're listening to it if you relate to something. I love sharing whatever you guys uh, tag me in on socials. So keep doing that too. I love to see it. Y'all have a fabulous weekend. I love you. Goodbye. Bobby Bones. The Bobby Bones Show. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. 
David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 